That's right, folks. It's already Dynasty Mock Draft season. Good for you that the Razzball Fantasy Football football players are psychopaths and doing mock drafts already in February. Before we get into today's episode, which is the Dynasty Superflex Mock that our head hot show DT just did with a couple of the guys over at CBS, we want to make sure you follow us across the board. At Razzball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. Make sure you also jump over to Razzball.com, folks. Not only do we do football, we do basketball, hockey, and baseball. We have great content from great writers in all those sports all season long. So jump over to Razzball.com and check out the latest articles on the off-season content from the football team as well. And finally, subscribe to the Razzball Fantasy YouTube channel. I mean, when I tell you, we have a bunch of great episodes coming. Not only do we talk mock drafts today, but we have a bunch of breakdowns on the NFL free agency coming up by division. So make sure you subscribe, hit that bell, and know when we're going to drop our latest episodes. But today's show, we're going to talk about Dynasty Mock Drafts starting right now on the Razzball Fantasy Football Podcast. That's right, folks. Those chanting Razzball sounds aren't our typical intro. It's because the kingpin himself is here. Donkey Teeth. You can follow him at Donkey Teeth 87 on Twitter. DT, always a pleasure. What's going on? What's up, Bobby? It's been too long, man. Uh, no. I feel I feel like it's been like a whole offseason already. It's been huge. I mean, we take some time off from each other. You know, there was a lot of, you know, Twitter fight, the battles. There was a lot of, you know, infighting, I guess. We had to take a break. And now look at us. We're back together. We're back to where we, like the way it's supposed to be this offseason. I'm excited to talk today about some dynasty mock drafts. And DT, thank you for being a, a complete psycho and doing mock drafts already because this gives us content to talk about. People are still waiting for the Super Bowl and we're already doing mock drafts. So today we're going to talk about that dynasty super flex you did and talk a little bit about some of the key takeaways, draft trends. But one of the first things I want to talk about is Jamar Chase at a super flex went 101. Last offseason, me and you, but especially you, were super high on Jamar Chase. Do you agree or disagree with this super startup, super flex mock draft 101 pick? Uh, I disagree. It's it's super flex, so uh, it's it's really hard to pass up on Mahomes or, or Josh Allen there. They're, you know, still young quarterbacks. They've, you know, the argument for uh, Jamar Chase, like I would take Jamar Chase number one, him or Justin Jefferson. It'd be Jamar Chase for me in a, you know, a PPR, just a one QB yeah. dynasty. Um, but, uh, you know, longevity is kind of the the differentiator in dynasty for me. I look at at building a dynasty team as kind of a portfolio. And when you have a two, two QB or super flex dynasty league, the, the value obviously of quarterback gets boosted up and they have just as much, if not more, they've got more longevity than, than wide receiver. Let's, let's be honest. You know, you look at Tom yeah. Brady, the guy's like 60 years old. He's still playing. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a reach. That said, I I would never knock anybody for if if he's the guy that you gotta have. Um, like obviously Jamar Chase isn't gonna make it back, and the the top wide receivers aren't gonna make it back. So when we look at Adam Azer was the one who did this. When we look at the team that he ended up with, you know, Tua made it back to him at the end of the second round. I don't I don't hate it in retrospect. You know, looking at a, a start of Jamar Chase and Tua. Um, well, you know, Tua, he could end up retiring at any any moment too, well, right? Uh, if he's and he healthy. Also, and if you look at his team, he could have technically had Mahomes, Allen, and then Tyreek Hill because Hill went right after that. So instead of Tua and Chase, I guess that's a good question. Would you rather have Mahomes and Hill or Chase and Tua? And I think a lot of people would lean that Mahomes, Allen, probably in that scenario. Yeah, I, I would. You know, I, it would be a lot closer for me if the, this wasn't there wasn't this uncertainty about 
Tua with the concussions right. and like, yeah. I mean, one more bad hit and he could be forced to retire, you know? So that's tough in a dynasty league. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of those draft trends. And last night we talked a little bit about this offline and got an understanding of like, I noticed a couple things like running backs fell a decent amount. I noticed that we could talk about this in a second too, is that JT was the first running back off the board, 11th overall. Still RB1 is a very interesting after this last season. I mean, there's a lot of, the Colts don't even have a coaching staff yet that you don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. And I know we're still kind of doing this as more of an exercise and there could be plenty of changes for the Colts, but any draft trends that really stuck out to you during this process? Uh, the premium, there's always going to be a premium on quarterbacks in a super flex draft uh, and even more so in a dynasty super flex, I would say, because of that longevity aspect. But I, th I thought the premium was even more than than I was expected going in. Not for the top ones. The top ones, that's, it was about on par. But it was that second and third tier that uh, just went like hotcakes. And that's one of those things, like in any draft, you kind of got to read the room. In in your standard, you know, like home league, uh, beer league draft, uh, maybe not so much. But in a dynasty uh, where you're saddled with this team and you, and you have deep rosters and you can't improve your team very easily through the waiver wire. You really got to read that draft room and, and kind of know what's going on. And, and you could see pretty quickly in this one uh, that it was going to be tough to, to land a quarterback if you waited too long. All right. So let's get into that team that you drafted. And on the screen, if you're listening to the audio piece, make sure you hop over to Rasball uh, Fantasy YouTube channel because we're going to have some visuals up here. But you started off with Trevor Lawrence in the first round. Then you go Waddle, Alave, Metcalf. Big Metcalf guy. So, like, you're sticking to him even this year. I love to see that already. Nick Chubb, Mixon, and Kamara in the middle rounds. Mac Jones as your QB2. Then you went Miles Sanders, Darren Waller, Antonio Gibson. Look at you. Still, you're staying consistent. Keep it out, hope, and I like it. Then you went a little surprise from Malik Willis later in drafts. David Bell, who's a favorite of ours last offseason for Dynasty. Boyd. And then Allen Robinson, of course, as well, and Raheem Mostert and Carson Wentz. So before we get into this whole thing, I want to talk quickly about Trevor Lawrence going as the QB7 ninth overall. Obviously, he's improved just dramatically. He's going to get Calvin Ridley this offseason, too, to add to his wide receiving core. But you took him over Justin Fields, Watson, Murray, and Prescott. What was it about Trevor Lawrence that made you take him at number ninth overall in the seventh QB off the board? Well, a couple things. I mean, he he's progressed uh, in this 2022 season. Like uh, that that guy that we saw in that playoff comeback in in the uh, wild card round. That's that's the Trevor Lawrence that we were looking for. That's kind of everything that we wanted to see from him. We know that he's got uh, the, the the moon is his upside, and he's still only 23 years old. I think um, is that right? 23. Yeah, he's 23 years old still. So he's still super young. You can get you know, 15 years out of this guy in a dynasty league. And then the other aspect, like I was going to have a tough time between him and Lamar Jackson, but uh, Lamar went the the pick before me. So it was, was pretty much made up. The thing is I love mobile quarterbacks. They just lose a little bit of value in dynasty league because that mobility kind of deteriorates over the years. Right. And by the time these guys hit 30 years old, uh, they're not the same. They're not producing the same rushing numbers that they were. And if they don't have, um, you know, that, that kind of special arm talent, uh, you lose a lot of value. So a guy like Trevor Lawrence, to me, like I said, I'm building my team like a uh, looking at it like a portfolio and what's going to hold that value safely for a decade plus. And I think that that's, you know, Trevor Lawrence. 
Yeah, I think really when you start looking at your draft, the running backs you got in the middle rounds, I mean, whew, a little bit more of a, I guess, maybe aged veterans, maybe in that mid-20 to late-20 range of Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. But talk about gives you that win-now boost, but you didn't have to pay a premium to get these guys. I guess what was the draft going in this? How did, did the running backs in general all fall? You know, And then why did you go three straight? Was it just value or is it because of need? Uh, both about value and need. It actually just worked out really well. Uh, I wasn't expecting all these guys to be there. It was just really a pleasant surprise after building my team. I like to, to focus on wide receivers and dynasty um, super flex aside, you know, quarterbacks obviously and super flex, but again, wide receivers, they, they, they're stable. You, you can count on them. And then uh, this was also full PPR. I don't know if we mentioned that too. So uh, there's even extra premium on wide receivers Uh in that format, obviously. Right. Um, so these, these guys, you know, Kamara, he's going to get some reception. So he's got a little bit of a, a premium in PPR Chubb, I think was devalued because he's not going to produce a ton of receiving work, but, uh, yeah, a lot of value there. And it was exactly what I needed. You know, there's, you start three wide receivers and I came out with quarterback wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. So, uh, these guys just sitting there for me filled in my roster perfectly. Yeah. So when I was looking at this, I actually took a look at Fantasy Pros rankings just to get an idea of where guys in the general industry are ranking these guys for a startup. And I wanted to take a look at some of the guys that you either had to reach for and or got as a great value. The first guy that stands out is Malik Willis as your biggest reach. You have him. They had him outside the top 200. You got him at 136. What was it in that point of the draft where you made you pull the trigger on Malik Willis? Is it because of anything that's going on with the Titans? I think Ryan Tannehill won't be back. What's the deal with Malik Willis here? Well, I guess a plug for our uh, our guy, um, Matt Stiles, uh, posts under uh, Mitch Staniger, right? He put out the he put out the article. Do you, you just really re- reveal Superman's identity? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah my bad my bad uh mitch (laughs) there you go Uh, um yeah he just posted an article up there so it was kind of fresh in my mind uh about potential cap casualties and uh you know he speculated that Tannehill could be one i don't know i I think uh, i think that they probably stick with Tannehill for another year but uh malik willis if you look back at like last year's super flex drafts, he was going right at the top of those drafts. We know he's still got a ton of upside upside. He's, he's raw, but um, you know, the other factor here is like, we're looking at fantasy pros rankings in a vacuum. Right. And we know that this draft really valued quarterbacks to the extreme. So there wasn't mm-hmm. much left. And so I was sitting there like my one regret, I guess here was that I didn't come back and take Tannehill because Tannehill was there. So if I could have locked both of those guys up and had a yep. third quarterback at that point, uh, that would have been pretty intelligent. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that, that would have been, a, that, cause you did get another quarterback later, Carson Wentz. Yes. <laughs> Is he going to be the command? I mean, he's talking about a guy who could be a cap casualty. We'll talk about next week on the NFC show. But he's another guy who could easily end up back to Carolina, be back with Frank Wright. Who knows? He's always seems like he finds his way to a starting job. So you might have an option there, too, for super flex on the bye weeks or if somebody gets hurt. So not too bad there as well. The biggest steal um, based on the rankings was Noah Fant. Um, kind of a you know tight end two type guy. Um, but what made you pull the trigger on Noah Fant? Was it because of the value? Um, your tight end one. I can't remember off the top of my head. Who would you take number one as your top? Darren Waller. Waller excuse me. Yeah. So, so uh, what what made you pull the trigger on Fant? Was there another guy you wanted, or was Fant the guy you were targeting? 
Uh, that was more just value. Uh, there wasn't a ton of tight end talent left. There wasn't a ton of talent left in general at that point. I mean, we're looking at dart throws, right? And uh, don't necessarily need a second tight end um, other than for bye week and injuries, right? Uh, Fant's still really young. Just felt like it was a good flyer at that stage in the draft, really. I, I, I've i always liked the talent, right? We know no know, know Fant has a ton of talent. Gino looked good last year, so... I think year two could be uh, fans kind of coming out party in, in that system. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk quickly too about some of the favorite ones. Obviously we talked about Nick Chubb already. Just, I mean, him in the fifth round, just as consistent as he can be for fantasy football. I think he's a fantastic buy there, but the one guy that really stood out to me and I think it's funny, Allen Robinson, people are just giving up. It's over for Allen Robinson. No one wants him. And I just feel like when I was looking at this draft, I'm like, it just didn't seem like something was off last year. It was the offensive line for the Rams. You know, Matthew Stafford wasn't right, and then Stafford gets hurt. Robinson gets hurt, and you just got him, I think it was at 178. Uh, no, you picked him at 177. His ADP is 178. So even people are ranking him here. I love the pick. What's your thoughts about Allen Robinson? Were you surprised he fell? Or was this more like, oh, he's a guy, I'll take him here? Or did you really want him on your team? I wouldn't say I really wanted him on my team. Uh, I right. did have him on my list for a couple of rounds, and – Ended up going, I can't remember what I took the two previous picks, but then he was still there. I was like, oh, I'm taking him at this point. Bell uh, and Boyd, you went. Who was the first one? David Bell and then Tyler David Boyd. Bell. Yeah, so yeah, I got I got a little bit more youth there uh, before. He's 29, so he's not like a dinosaur for a guy. I, I feel like that that's how kind of pe- people see him as this veteran. Probably if you ask just uh, anybody, any old football fan, how old Allen Robinson was, they probably say like 32 or something like that. So I think he's just because of the the struggles that he's had the past two seasons, he's just kind of forgotten and maybe for good reason. You know, there's no guarantee that he ever gets it back, but uh, there's a chance. And, and if pick 177, why the hell not? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So based on this stuff, you know what in the draft, like quickly, just your kind of thoughts on the draft. Is there guys that stood out to you that either were reaches, uh, who was a steal maybe that stood out, and what was your favorite pick overall of this draft? But it could be yours or another player's. Well, the guy that I had picked out as a reach was Aaron Rodgers at pick 36. Uh, you know, that's you're really kind of playing all in for the now. We don't know how much longer Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing, and he's no longer – He's no longer a top tier quarterback, even. So I feel like if you're you're taking a guy at that stage, that's uh, w- what is he forty ish? God, I think he's gonna be thirty nine. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Ish. That's uh, it's about yeah. about right. It's so, ish. You did say yeah. ish, so you're right. Yeah, <laughs> thirty nine. He just turned thirty nine, December second. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, he's got all, all the incentive in the world to to play, right? I think he's got like fifty million dollars coming to him uh, this season or something like that, but. Yeah, I like to build a little bit more longevity into to my roster. And if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay up for a guy, it's not gonna be Aaron Rodgers. It's it's gonna be um, I don't know, maybe like a Christian McCaffrey or, or something like that. That's that's an aging player like that. Gotcha. Now, is there anybody? So outside of that, like at this point, were you ever sniped? Was there a guy that you were targeting in this draft that you did not get? That's someone that you were like really disappointed that wasn't on your roster. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you you remember George Pickens has kind of been my guy, uh, and he went pick seventy four, which just seems kind of insane to be honest uh, for 
Yeah, uh, one of the most talented young wide receivers in the game to to fall into the seventh round of a dynasty draft, super flex or not. Uh, he was on my list, and what did I do? I think round six was when I was taking one of those running backs. The running backs, yeah, yeah mi- mixing, yeah, mixing. Yeah. So yeah, I was hoping that that Pickens maybe fell another round, but it was kind of a, a silly hope for. Like it was already pretty late. I did end up getting Kamara there too, so it's like. There was value all over the place, I felt like. But Pickens was my favorite pick, probably, that, that wasn't on my team at 74. And I think that's that's kind of insane value. All right. Well, this is a, a good wrap-up of today's show of the Jamar Chase going 101, the Dynasty Superflex Mock Draft, DT. Now, I know that you do these periodically, but any fun, anytime, any insight, any future thoughts? When's the next one coming? Uh, like, What are you doing now to prepare for Dynasty drafts, these mocks or whatever? What's your What are you kind of looking out for the most? Is it free agency? What's going on? What's the next steps for you? Yeah, well, I mean, so I guess one thing we should point out here was there's no rookies in this draft. So mm-hmm. that's an interesting wrinkle, too. You know, it's going to change. They, they The top, you know, 24 or 25 or whatever are going to slot in here somewhere, probably more than that. So that's going to shift uh, all of these, these around. So, uh, yeah, NFL draft season is going to come up pretty quick, and that's going to be the, the new rage. I think that the CBS guys probably do one of these a month. So in March, I would look for the next one. But yeah, Heath Cummins, he's really the madman doing these in the, in the off season, and uh, he'll just ping me every once in a while and ask if I want it. I'm always like, yeah. I mean, like I hate, like those guys are sharp, and it's fun hanging out with them. And um, yeah, I like like connecting and staying in the dynasty game. So yeah, good stuff. Man, yeah, appreciate it, DT. Well, once again, make sure you follow us across the board at Razzball Fantasy on YouTube, IG, and TikTok. And, of course, make sure you jump over to Razzball.com and check out all the latest articles for every sport you can imagine. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have croquet or it is or the, the one with the sticks and the, you know, curling. We got all that. Probably at Razzball.com because we do wacky stuff like that. One thanks, DT, once again, for sharing his knowledge and the insight on his mock draft today. You can follow him at DonkeyT87 on Twitter. We are... Out of here, folks.